Blog Talk Radio. Mr. Pop. The views and opinions of this show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this network and its affiliates. right here on the Radio AFS Network, the revolution in radio, as we like to call it. Also syndicated on the Arena Sports Network. Um, however you may be listening to our show, we thank you for uh, being along. And if you haven't already and you're on Facebook, jet on over to Fit Down Sports Show. Uh, our Facebook page, give us a like. Um, the more people we get on, on the page, the more interesting stuff we'll be able to do. Uh, keep you informed about the show. We always have we always have the latest episode uh, plugged into our show and plugged into our page right at the top. And we have all of our other shows there. So if you want to catch, if you miss an episode, if you want to catch, uh, you know, catch us during the week or listen to us at any other time, they're all right there for you. So definitely jet on over to our Facebook page and give us a shout out. All right. On the show, we got a busy show today. That's why we had to kind of cut the uh, intro a little bit short. But um, we got college football. We got the bowl games, the playoff. Um, 
hirings, uh, retirements, guys switching positions. Uh, we'll have a, a nice nice take on that coming up later in the show. Um, we'll also hit up the NFL and uh, with the season season wrapping up. Obviously, we had um, uh, we had the Black Monday, as they call it, where teams uh, got rid of their coaches. Some are still trying to decide if they want to uh, if they want to get rid of their coach. But you know, we will um, go from there, and uh, we'll talk about what jobs are open and who the candidates are out there to fill them. Of course, we'll talk all about the playoffs, all the teams involved, the games coming up. So we got a lot to do. And, of course, if you want to chime in, if you want to chime in, be a part of the show, you are more than welcome to do so. Call our number, 646-668-8467. Uh, We'll get you right on the show, and you're welcome to stay and chat with us for as long as you would like, Um, and as long as we, uh, as long as you feel like hanging out and talking to other people, you're always welcome to uh, chat chat with us. So we love taking your phone calls, hearing about your teams, and uh, getting your questions. So. Feel free to give us a call. We will uh, we'll get you on the air, and uh, we'll take care of that. But before we get to all the football, I want to take this moment to bring something to people's attention. And it, it kind of went unnoticed, and it kind of got on, you know, in the midst of the holidays and the new year um, and all the festivities that go along with it, the Associated Press tried to slip by us. They tried to slip something by us. They're not going to slip it by this show. We're going to talk about it, and we're going to call them out for what they did. The Associated Press, decided on their Athletes of the Year. They did male and female. And in both cases, there's an ulterior motive, and they're no longer... We've we've talked about the Associated Press in college football not knowing what they're doing. They didn't know what they were doing in... we We talked about the Heisman Trophy. The press votes on that, they had no idea what they were doing. We talked about the coach of the year they had no idea what they were doing now they come, now we come to this and this just proves they have they have well it's not that they have no idea what they're doing they have an idea and they have an agenda and they are trying to push it down your throat and they're using these platforms to do so and it's important to understand that when thinking about these kinds of awards these these kinds of things. We'll just we'll start with the biggest one, and we'll, we'll start with they they come out with their athletes of the year. On the male side, they picked LeBron James. On the female side, they picked Serena Williams. On face, you can say, well, yeah, 
both both of them are great athletes. Here's the problem. It's athlete of the year. It's not are you the best athlete of your generation? Are you the best athlete of your time? It's did you perform that year? In 2018, if you took the 2018 year, let's just start with the easiest one, LeBron James. How is Le- LeBron James was not even the best player in his sport last year. Let alone so if you're not the best player in your sport because there's no if you I don't even know how you could argue that Kevin Durant was not the best player in the sport um winning the championship, winning the NBA Finals MVP. The run the 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 Warriors went on. It, it, there's no question about it. Kevin Durant's the best player in basketball. He was the best player in basketball last year. Does that diminish? And, and you know, you're going to get people out there that say, oh, but LeBron James is better. LeBron James, before we get down this road, LeBron James is the most talented, is the most talented athlete we've ever seen. We've never seen anything like him. I know, I know that going in. I, I'm not hating on LeBron James. What I'm saying is this past season – Kevin Durant was better. This past season, this the, this past year, 2018, James Harden was a better basketball player than LeBron James all season long. If you want to take the whole season, there's a reason why James Harden was the MVP. Because he was the best player on his team, leading the Rockets to a leading the Rockets to one of the to to the best seed in the West to almost taking down the the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. LeBron wasn't even close to taking down the Warriors. The Warriors burnt right through him. I don't understand. So you, you how can you how can you put him as the athlete of the year? He's not even the best player in his sport for this calendar year. The only reason they put LeBron in there is because he opened the school. Because he did things off the court that are amazing. And LeBron opening a school is fantastic. But don't tell me that makes you the athlete of the year. That makes you the sportsman of the year when they do their sportsman of the year. Because that's a, that's an award about helping other people. Athlete of the year is about what you did on the court. It's about what you did in your athletic profession. How you can give it to LeBron James and not give it to somebody like a Mookie Betts who the Red Sox dominated their sport. The Red Sox dominated their sport and Mookie Betts was the best player on the team the entire time. I mean, I, I, I mean, you could give it to a lot of other Red Sox. You could give it to J.D. Martinez if you wanted to. You could give it to Jackie Bradley Jr. And you pretty much give it to any any of those Red Sox. Steve Pierce, the the World Series MVP. But if you want the whole year, I mean, I would have looked to Mookie Betts. I would have looked to Kevin Durant. I would have looked to James Harden. Um, in football, you you could have given it in, in twenty in twenty eighteen. It's hard to do football because football um, is two different seasons in a year. You know, the really the only time we get, but you could, you you could have easily done Nick Foles. 
You could have easily done Drew Brees, Pat Mahomes. Any of these guys have flourished in this calendar year. They've been the best players in their sport. LeBron James was not the best player in his sport, but they gave him the award because of things he did off the, off the court. And, and and that carried over into the other one, into the into the female side, athlete of the year, Serena Williams, An- another same case as LeBron. Both athletes of our generation, they are once in a generation athletes. Serena probably will go down as one of the best women athletes of all time, regardless of sport. She'll be up there with uh, with Jackie Joyner, Kersey. Uh, Martina Navratilova, um, you know, Monica Seles, the, the, any any of these, any of these kind kinds of players, any kinds of athletes. But ha- Serena Williams, why did they give it to Serena Williams? They gave it to Serena Williams for two reasons. One, she overcame the adversity of she had the problem problems dealing with. Uh, Depression and um, the aftermath of childbirth, she overcame that, which is commendable for Serena Williams. But why else did they give it? They gave it to Serena Williams because she brought up the gender inequality after the U.S. Open, which, in my opinion, in my opinion, was com- would would dis would take her cross her right off the list. She's not just because of that moment, and not because she made a you know a, a comment against me. It has nothing to do with that. What it has to do is Serena Williams stole a moment from a young woman who had just beaten beaten her. Whether 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 there were controversial calls or not, the the young lady across from Serena Williams that won the U.S. Open. That was the biggest moment of her life to this this point, and Serena stole it. Serena stole the moment, made it really embarrass the girl, and now, and and now because she went out and because in her in her comments after she made it a a gender inequality play, and she said, "Oh, he did this because he's a man, and 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 I'm not going to be picked on by a man, and all this." Because she was now a champion for a a I'll say a, a, a for a minority group, because Serena was now a champion for that, we'll give her the athlete of the year. That's ridiculous. You have four girls. I I'm torn between the athlete of the year on on the female side. Um, I was talking to um another host on on our on our network I was talk I was talking with Kim from Stay Out of My Crease Tuesday nights at nine o'clock Eastern time. Um I'm you know, talking everything hockey. I, I had to I had to remind myself I, I had I had to have a conversation with Kim. Were the Winter Olympics were last year. And if anybody remembers the US against Canada was one of the highest rated women's sporting events of 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 the year how they didn't pick one of those one of those ladies to be on there i, I could have easily gone with maddie rooney the goalie 
who shut down Canada. Shut down the Canadians. Gave up only two goals and was spectacular in that. And during a shootout, just absolutely stonewalled the Canadian team. Okay? See, I could have easily given it to her. I could have easily given it to Hillary Knight, who was the leader and captain of the U.S. women's hockey team and ended up scoring the first goal. I could have given it to I could have given it to Amanda Kessel, who was another leader of that team, scored a goal in the shootout, uh, assisted on Hillary Knight's goal. You could you could give it to all of these women. All of these women did something amazing for for not only sports in general, but for women's sports in general. It, it brought everybody's eyes to to the screen. Everybody was watching the women for that day. So if you want it, if you wanted to ask me, I would pick any one of those three. I would I would give it to Amanda Kessel. I talked to I talked to Kim about this. We kind we kind of agree on on the Amanda Kessel pick, but um, but I would give it to any one of those women. They did a an amazing thing, a fantastic accomplishment to beat the Canadians in hockey for the first time since 1998. That you know that's something that's something important and it's something that people shouldn't forget so i would say that that was important uh an important enough event to where one of those ladies should be athlete of the year if you wanted to go somewhere else if you wanted to look for another athlete i my my runner up my runner up was Sue Bird. Sue Bird in the in the WNBA Finals was fantastic, amazing. Led her team to a championship finally, um, and I I've always had a uh, I've always had I've always had a fondness for Sue Bird because she is a a UConn grad, and um, you know. So there's kind of a little bit of maybe maybe a little bit of a bias there, but you I could easily give it to Sue Bird. I, I it's kind of an achievement award for for Sue Bird, but I thought she had her, she had her best season as a WNBA player. So and it finished off with a championship. Again, all of these candidates that I picked have better on the field resumes than the candidates that they chose. And the Associated Press just proved their point. They just proved that they are a political agenda. They they are politically motivated. They have a political agenda to their coverage. They they they're not about giving you the facts. They're about telling you what what to believe. Not telling you, not not giving you a, any context. And and that's that's terrible. You know. It's terrible for for this kind of a situation. So, yeah, I'm not a. Uh, so as I said, I. So I think the. Um, so as I said, I think that the athletes of the year they got it completely wrong. If 
you want if you want to call up and and disagree with my picks or if you want to disagree with the AP's picks again give us a call 646 668-8467. We'll, we'll let you explain your picks and why. Go right ahead. But my picks, if I had to pick a male athlete of the year, I would pick Mookie Betts from uh, the Boston Red Sox. And if I had to pick a female athlete of the year, I would pick Amanda Kessel from the United States hockey team. The gold medal United States Olympic hockey team. So... We had to get that out of our chest because the, the, the AP has been doing this for years now. Nobody calls them out. Nobody, nobody, nobody does anything. But right here, we're not going to let it slide. They tried to slip it by us, and they're not going to get it by us. Okay. I don't really want to start here. Let's start with college football. And um, – We'll we'll start with college football. We'll do a little bowl recap for you. Um, you know, a, another another year goes by, another bowl season goes by, and we get more 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 ludicrous statements from the media, from the uneducated masses out there that like to tell you what they what they know about sports, like to tell you what they know about college football without even watching college football all season long and about what the point is of it. You've got people out there, oh, this bowl season is proof, is proof that we don't need, we don't need more teams in the tournament. We don't need it because teams didn't win. Are you kidding me? That's not what this season proved at all. This bowl season, if this bowl season proved anything, it proved that more teams need to be involved in the dance. Why? Because Clemson and Alabama, yeah, they ripped through. They ripped through their opponents. You know, we told you, we told you Alabama was going to rip through Oklahoma and they did. We told you, we told you Clemson I, I told you Clemson would probably pull away late. It ended up they pulled away early and often. We knew that that was going going to happen. The other teams we saw Georgia lose. We saw um, we saw George, we saw Georgia lose. We saw uh, UCF fall. We saw uh, Penn State lose to Kentucky. We saw. Um, we saw Michigan lose to Florida. It, these things happen in the bowl games because nobody cares. And, and and it's that simple. It's that simple that none of these big people, none of these big-time players at big-time schools, they don't care about playing in some useless bowl game. And people can say, well, it's the Rose Bowl. You're supposed to come out and want to play for your school. These kids aren't doing that. No one cares. And they're not supposed to care. It has nothing to do with them. If a guy if a guy says, Hey, if I get hurt here, I I'm I'm gonna my my draft my draft stock is gonna suffer. Why play the game? Why play the game? You see, this is the problem with 
the the way the NCAA does things. The way the NCAA does what they do is they tell these kids, "Oh, you know, go out and give give everything. We're not going to give we're not going to compensate you. You can't get any compensation off of your um off of your play, but go out and and give everything for this one big big paycheck for the school." Why is a kid going to do that? They have no right to do that. Anyone who does that is making a people act like it is a, a like it like it's some kind of a a travesty that these kids decide not to play. The fact that they play, the fact that any of these guys, any guys who are going to get drafted in the, in the NFL, even even though people say, even people who say like, I understand if you're a top level pick. But if you're a mid-level guy, if you're a mid-round guy, why would you even risk it? You have an opportunity to go to the NFL, make million, make a million dollars, work your way up, and maybe become generationally rich. But if you're, let's say, a third or fourth round pick, and you get injured in, in the in the bowl game. All of a sudden, you can't participate in uh, postseason bowl games and if, in the combine. All of a sudden, you slip to a seventh-round pick or or undrafted at all. That does everything to you. That kills your entire career. And and for what? To be the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl champion? Come on. All these people acting like. It's such a travesty that these kids don't play. These kids should not play. It's a, it's a miracle that these kids actually play. It's a miracle. We should cherish every kid that does play and say what a what a wonderful uh experience it is to have watched them play their fi- you know, in their final game. I have no problems with with a kid playing in the Fiesta Bowl to say, "You know what? I'm done." I don't want to play. I'm not going to risk it. I have no problem with that at all. I would never fault a kid for looking at his future because colleges won't look at his. Nobody's going to take care of that kid. The colleges aren't going to take care of that kid if if something happens. So it's ridiculous. And then on top of it, You've got all these people saying, "Oh, we we don't need more, we don't need more teams. We need less teams in the playoff. Really, less teams? Really? You want to you want to sit there and say it'll make every game count more? No, it won't. No, it'll just make everybody even more furious than we already are. We had a I, I I watched a guy say say we need a system where it just comes down to one and two two teams we had a system like that we had that system it was called the BCS everybody hated it and everybody trashed it at the time at the time of the BCS everybody trashed it even the guy who was talking about it even the guy who said we don't need more. We need less. 
That guy trashed the BCS. Why? Because the BCS didn't work. Two teams doesn't work. And you want to say, well, if we get more games, we'll get more blowouts. This year, this was an odd year. This was an odd year. There were blowouts in bowl games. There were people that skipped bowl games. There were people that came in and just did not care about the game. You look at that Georgia-Texas um, game. Georgia had no Georgia had no right to be. They didn't care about being there. They had, Texas had everything everything in front of them. They're a building program. They have you know those guys that are there are trying to set the tone for next year. Georgia, most of those Georgia kids, they're either going to the NFL or they know they were coming back coming back next year and they they know where they stand. Texas doesn't know where it stands. Texas is still behind. It's still behind Oklahoma in in the Big 12. Georgia knows they're Georgia knows they're the class of the SEC East. They know they're going to be back. They're going to be back in the same position next year. You know, this is a team that had that most of the guys on this team played in the national championship game last year. They know what it means to to play in a big game. The Sugar Bowl was not a big game. They didn't care. They didn't want to be. They didn't want to be there, and they didn't want to be there, and and they wanted to just. I'll, I'll quote the Miami, the thirty for thirty. They wanted to get in and get the hell out. I mean. That's pretty much what they wanted to do. All right, we got a caller on the line. I think I know who this guy is, so we'll check him out. All right, hey, what's going on, Fit Down Sports Show? Hey, Chris, how are you? It's it's Lou. Uh, Happy New Year, first of hey, all. Hey, what's going on, Lou? Uh, yeah. We haven't ha- we haven't we haven't talked to you in a while, so let me be uh, let me say uh, Happy Holidays to you and uh, and uh, and a ha- Happy New Year. Good good to start the new year off with with you on the show, Lou. Uh, what's on your mind? New- well, I wasn't sure if you were on the last couple of weeks anyway due to the holidays, so I thought, well, I'll just wait until the new year starts. So you know. Oh, we we don't we don't take we don't take breaks here, Lou. We were on we were on every, each and every each and every Wednesday night right here. Yeah, well, unfortunately, Talk, unfortunately, last sports. few days, that, unfortunately, last few days I had not been feeling so well, and I wasn't able to see the, much of the entire game uh, last night. You know, you're you're not going to have everybody agree on the on the. I don't think there's anything as a perfect system for college football to decide, a, you know, a true champion. Because, you know, I remember back before the um, BCS, you know, you had all the uh, bowl games, and that would decide, you know, yeah, like 30 different bowl games. And, of course, only one mattered, you know, to play for the, to play for the championship. Then they thought, oh, well, then we'll try the BCS. But then for some reason, that fell apart. And now, so you try to go with this other system – and then you're like, well, okay, that'd be good, but you know, then there's like teams left out that was that were better and should have been in, and but didn't get in. Like you know, Central Florida, for example. I mean, yeah, they deserve they deserve to get higher, but they wouldn't give them the credit because they're in a lower conference. You know, so it's you know, depending how you look at it, there is no perfect system. No, there's never gonna be there's never gonna be a perfect system, mm-hmm. but. What 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 has to happen, and what, what everybody has to understand is they have to have 
they have to have a system that people can understand. Like right now, it's just so yeah. arbitrary and so out in the. It, it, it's not out in the open. It's it's behind closed. They make these decisions behind closed doors. They have people right. they deem appropriate. Oh, all right, you 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 ten people make the, make the call. What what is what good does that do? It just makes people say, all right. It just gives people the the ammunition to say, well, they wanted this, they got this. There's bias involved, blah blah. blah. There's no set way. We don't have no. any way of quantifying anything, and that's what makes it hard. And and that's what it allows people. And and this this allows people to say, see, I told you, I told you we should have just had two teams in. Ah, and then yeah. on the same side, it allows people to say, no, we need more. It, it it just there there is no How right much system. More, though? Even if you have even if you have eight teams in, the mm-hmm. the ninth the ninth tenth and eleventh team are gonna are, are part pardon my language but the ninth tenth and eleventh are gonna bitch and moan about not being in, in the playoff. We we have college basketball. I always use this uh, oh, right. example for pe- for people who say we need more. We need more. I say. What is that going to do? We have 65 teams, I think 65 or 66. 65 or 66. Oh, 68 now. Even better. We have 68 teams in in college basketball in March Madness. And mm-hmm. people still argue. People still argue over who should be in the tournament. <laughs> it's, you don't want to get too far down the line because you know, you don't want to get too far down because then you're gonna have the teams that are like oh, like say uh, five and twenty six get in it. Like, uh, do they really deserve to be at that point? No. You know how far down the line do you go? Right. That's why they need they a want some defined. Words matchup. They need a defined system and just a way to weed everybody out, get everybody to play. You know it, the. I'm gonna get into this. I'm gonna push. The, I'm gonna punt this down the road for this show. I have a system that I think would work for college football. I'm going to introduce it probably after the uh, after the Super Bowl when we're in, in in and we don't when we don't have as much going on. I'll get into I'll get into how I think college football should be fixed. But I can't wait to hear it. It's it's never gonna work if. If all the conferences are until they get the conferences right, meaning yeah. every conference has the same amount of teams, plays the same amount of games, does the same process, until that happens, it will never be fixed. It will always be thrown. It will be always in flux, and and there will always yeah. be debate over it. Well, it won't happen in our lifetime, that's for sure. No, it it. It won't ha- it won't happen in my lifetime. It probably won't happen in the next lifetime either. Because no, probably it's, not. I mean, they've been doing this for as long as they can. So uh, I remember we had. Lou, I remember it was only like uh, forty eight teams, you know, back in the eighties. Oh yeah, and I mean that's the other thing. Like people are like, oh, I want it back like the old in in, in the old days. You had Army, Navy, and Notre Dame, and that was like it. Right. I mean, you you really didn't have much going on. Now you've got 
now you each each state has like four or five teams that uh play college, play division 1 college football so right um it, it's just it's become such a massive production and they they you know, they they have a lot to do to try try to fix it Lou, I, I want to move to the professional ranks. Um, sure. What do you got? What do you What do you think? What do you think about the playoffs coming up? Well, I, I'm I'm thrilled that my Dallas Cowboys have uh, won the NFC East, and I think they um, might be a dangerous team in the playoffs. Yeah, I. You know, you know, I'm a Cowboys fan, so. Um, but I think Uh-oh. I think they got a raw matchup. You know, I think that I think anyone in this matchup, the Seahawks or the Cowboys, either one of those teams can uh can be a team team to be reckoned with. I I really I really think if the Cowboys can win this first game they can beat anybody else in the NFC. Yes. I mean unlike what happened last year. Wait, last built. last year with the with the Eagles. Yes. Yeah, well, they the Eagles are back. Eagles, the Eagles worked their way back in, and they got Foles. They got they got that Foles magic going. Entering the playoffs. Yeah, yeah but you know the Eagles. You know they're not the same team as they were last year. I don't think Foles is going to pull a miracle this time. I don't think so either. I'm 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 torn. I mean, I, I know my my buddy Steve out there who is a uh, diehard Eagles fan. So, and and he's a uh, and he knows this because he followed the show last year and knows I picked against the Eagles all last year. I picked against them all pretty much down the stretch here, and they've done it so. He's been rooting for me to pick against them, keep picking against them. Yeah. So that so that the Eagles can pull it off. I, I I'm I'm kind of rooting for the Eagles this weekend. Um, as I kind of I kind of want them to win that game so that we know that they're going to New Orleans and and the Cowboys will go to uh, if the Cowboys win they they'll go play the Rams. I think that. Okay. I think I'd rather I'd rather stay out of the I'd rather stay out of the Superdome. Yeah. So if as a Cowboys fan, it, it sounds really weird. Like usually I, I should be rooting for the Bears to whoop the Eagles, but I'm rooting for the Eagles to win so that they go to New Orleans and they deal with the Saints and we get the we get the Rams. Uh we get the Rams well, if we win. Well, I told you, my brother's a Bears fan, so, you know. Yeah. Yeah, he'll be happy. So, and what about the AFC? What do you what do you think about the AFC side of things? Well, uh, you might find this a bit weird, but um, I wouldn't count the Chiefs. Well, you can't count. you you got to count them in. They're the, they're the number yeah. one seed. Exactly. Of course, you got to. A lot of people think I'm crazy, though. Well, I mean, yeah, of course. Yeah. W- w- I mean, 
we all know we all know Andy Reid's track record of the playoffs. <sighs> so yeah, I know. It, his 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 playoff track record, even at, even as a, a higher seed, is not exactly is not exactly noteworthy. And no, um, any of his trips. I mean, he's great at getting to the uh, NFC Championship game with the Eagles. He was great at it. Until they got Terrell Owens, and Terrell Owens got him to got him to a Super Bowl. But, um, you know, until that won't—I uh, mean, take that season aside. It's his 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 playoff career has been a train wreck. So, yeah, uh, the, I know. the Chiefs yeah. will be the Chiefs will be interesting to watch and see and see how they do. And plus, plus Pat Mahomes being, you know. Yes, he had a magical season, but things get ratcheted up in the playoffs, and playoffs are a different animal. And that's true. We have to we have well, to see, we have to see what what kind what kind of uh, I th- I think right now if you're a Chiefs fan, you you are desperately hoping desperately hoping that the San Diego Chargers take care of business against oops. the Baltimore Ravens. San Diego Chargers? Uh I call them the San Diego Chargers. I don't I don't I will not call them I will not call them by the state by the city they want to be called because okay. until they play in a normal stadium that's not a soccer field. I get it. Yeah, a lot I think that's uh, what a lot of people think they just can't get used to saying LA Charger LA Chargers because they've been in San Diego for so long. Oh no, I'm to- I'm totally for I'm totally for I'll call them Los Angeles when they when they're actually in Los Angeles and they the stadium they play in right now is is a is a dump. It's an old soccer stadium. Well, where is it actually? You say it's like not in Los Angeles. Where is it exactly? Oh, it's in Los Angeles. They play in Los Angeles. They just play uh, in a soccer stadium. Okay, I get it. it because it, you it's know, a it's a soccer field. <laughs> right where the where the Galaxy play. I I I don't even think the Galaxy play there. To be honest with you, I think the Galaxy play at the Coliseum. Oh, I mean, maybe it's the other team, the uh, LAFC, yeah, it, maybe plays there. Yeah, it's it's some right. it's it, it's some weird it's some weird team. I, all I know is it, it it's a former soccer stadium. They're waiting for the new stadium to be built, right? And they're going to share it with the Rams, and until they until they're in there and playing on an actual football field, then I will call them by their name. Until then, they're still the San Diego Chargers. Well, keep in mind, too, that the Lakers and Clippers don't actually play in L.A. They play in a suburb of L.A. at Inglewood, so, but they don't call them the Inglewood yeah. Lakers and Clippers. Yeah, well, I mean, you could say that about about a lot of teams. I mean, um, San Francisco, I know. And the, Giants the 49ers, the one of them. They, play in Santa Cla- they play in Santa Clara, but right. it, it is what it is. But again, until until they get residency, because I, I to be honest with you, I really don't think the Chargers are going to be there that long. I think the Chargers are going to go. Chargers are going to get bounced around so many times to so many different places. They've already tried to get a petition to put them back in San Diego. San right. Diego doesn't want them. Ooh. San Diego doesn't. I, I mean, not not that San Diego. The, the fans want them in San Diego. But the powers the that be doesn't. and the political pre- the political pressures they don't want they don't want the team back they don't want to have to pay you know 
they don't want to pay yeah. to upgrade that stadium, and that's the whole reason they left anyway. But it's all a mess. But anyway, yeah. I'm anyway to the point. Chiefs fans are probably rooting for the Chargers because they don't want to play that Ravens defense again. I'll tell you that yeah. right now. They do not want to play that Baltimore Raven defense. No, they don't. That de- that defense is uh, not to be uh, taken so lightly. No, and Lamar Jackson is such a wild card that I mean, they the Ravens had the Chiefs on the ropes when they when they played a couple weeks ago. So I I, I really think that if you wanted to ask me who the most dangerous team playing in in the wild card is and we were we were going to get to this anyway later on in the show but I'll I'll give it away right now the two most dangerous teams are the Dallas Cowboys and the Baltimore Ravens uh, because because they're yeah. the only two teams left that play defense and we've seen it before yeah. we've seen good defense stop good offense We've seen it too many times to to say, all right, well, it, just because they, you know, just because they have Lamar Jackson at quarterback, that doesn't mean things are gonna go their way. But also, you got to look at the look at the other matchup in there with the Colts and and the Texans. What do you think about that one? Hmm, I would think maybe the Colts have a have a chance. Well, I yeah, I, mean, I I think the Colt the Colts clearly have a chance. They just beat the they just beat Houston a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, I, I saw a lot of reports today and a lot of people saying the Colts are the next dynasty. I I think we need to. I think I think uh, those people need to calm. Those people need to calm down. I mean, the next dynasty. Uh, let's not get carried away here. Yeah, they let's let them get to a Super Bowl first before we start crowning them. Because this is what everybody did. This is what everybody did with the Green Bay Packers. Oh, the Green Bay Packers are going to be a dynasty franchise because they have Aaron Rodgers. Nope, it's not happening. Speaking I think they of need to redefine the Green Bay what Packers, means. yeah, exactly. But anyway, Lou. Speaking of the Green Bay Packers, I know your your beloved New York Jets have I a coaching job opening. Did you did you see that? I see it, but I don't believe it. Uh, and I, you you should believe it, Lou. Where did where did you hear that talk first? I heard from a few uh, sources and from my colleagues that uh, McCarthy may be um, as a prime candidate for the uh, Jets coaching job. That's what I think, but I just I just want to I just want to say this for the record. On our show, we did this well in advance. We were about three months ahead of this story, whereas we told you Todd Bowles was not right was going. We we broke the story here about probably a month month or two ago. Yeah. So, but I I think I think McCarthy is the perfect guy for for the Jets. Um. I've heard 
I've heard sources. I, I I've heard people say, and I saw a report on this uh, the other day that um, the the Jets were going to make an offer to Jim Harbaugh. I think I think that's uh, one. I don't I don't think Jim Harbaugh would take a job this year, but I and I don't think that would be the right move for the New York Jets. What do you think, Will? No, I don't. I really don't think it's uh, the best move they uh, they can make. I mean, and he hasn't really uh, coached the Packers to, um, you know, to success these last few years either. So uh, I really don't. I really don't see how. And he thinks he can make uh, Donald to start. Let me tell you something. Donald is a bum. He is not the quarter. He is not the Jets' uh, quarterback for the future. I think it's too early to call him a bum. Um, I, I don't think he's a bust. I don't, I don't know if he's, uh, no. you know, and I, 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 he's not a bust. He, he's not a bust. You can, you can tell he's got, he's, he's got some things to work on. You got to remember he had, he had a coaching staff that was not built for an offensive, to be an offensive, uh, juggernaut. Mm-hmm. So he, he was he was with a coaching staff that wanted to run the football, play defense, and pretty much keep him under wraps. That's not how. That's not how Sam Darnold's going to win. And you saw flashes of of what Sam Darnold could do. Um, you know, you got you got to look to the Lions the Lions game opening night, um, the Bills game a couple weeks ago. So you saw some good th- – there were some good things in there from Sam Darnold. What, was he blow away, you know, rookie of the year caliber player? No, but not by any stretch. But you have to – you know, I, I you always want to caution when you bring up these names, but Peyton Manning led the league in interceptions as a rookie. So it, it can go – it can start off the it can start off rocky and 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 go up from there. So I wouldn't throw him out just yet. But I there are some good things about Sam Darnold, but there are some things that he needs to work on. And there and to work on those, you need an offensive coach, which is why Mike McCarthy makes perfect sense. Because he is an offensive coach. A lot of people say, "Oh, he was only good cuz he had Aaron Rodgers." Well, He's the guy that built Aaron Rodgers into what Aaron Rodgers is. So it, you could you could splice that. You know, it depends on which way you splice it. Yeah, well, I'm not. I wasn't sold on Darnold right away when he came in, and so far my predictions have been correct. So far, but I mean, it's one it's one year. Um, you know. And who really came in and and tore it up as as a rookie quarterback? I mean, you could point to, you you can't really point to. I mean, I'll say it right now. Josh Josh Allen has impressed me. Um, mm-hmm. I'll I'll say it. I said it on this show. I said it on this show. I I didn't I did not like Josh Allen in Buffalo. I I when they no. drafted him, I said they drafted him way too high. I said I don't know what kind of quarterback he would be. He has imp- he's impressed me to where I can say, all right, he can be a starting quarterback in the NFL. 
I don't think he was a. I don't think he'll ever be a top ten draft pick type quarterback. But he he can be a starter in the league. I will admit. I will admit that. So, um, he's a guy who uh, show, showed you that. You know, showed me showed me something that he can do a little bit more. But Josh Rosen didn't show me what he could do. I mean, he was he struggled in Arizona, but Arizona was a struggling team anyway. Um, the Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. I where else were you? Got, the the only way to go was up. I mean, he really could do no wrong. And so I mean, if, if you want to look at compared to the other rookie quarterbacks, Sam Darnold's right there on on the development. Yeah. So, speaking of the New York football teams, uh, and speaking of rookies, do you think Saquon Barkley will win the Rookie of the Year? Oh, no question. No question, I mean, huh? he, has done, he has done phenomenal uh, this year, despite the fact that the Giants have not. I think it's going to be tough for Saquon. Yeah. I think Saquon Barkley is clearly the statistical Rookie of the Year, mm-hmm. and um, I said this last week. The media will not allow you. The media will not pick the true Rookie of the Year. They just won't. That's true. Because it's not. It's it's not. It's not a. It, it, it's not a quantify. There's no way to quantify how much this guy has done. My pick for Rookie of the Year is Quentin Nelson. In, in in Indianapolis, I mean, hmm. as a guard, he has changed that entire that entire uh, organization. He came in to an offensive line that was a joke, and made them one of the best offensive lines in the league. And but there, again, there's no way to quantify that. So the media will probably vote for a running back or a quarterback. And that's the other problem. Baker Mayfield, doing what Baker Mayfield did to turn around the Browns, um, to take the Browns from a zero-win team to a seven-win team, and then you look at the Giants, and the Giants went from a, what, a four-win team to a five-win team? I mean... Not no. You didn't make it, it, it. The impact, although you look at it, and I mean, when you look at the numbers, people are going to say, "Oh, Saquon Barkley is clear." If you go by the numbers, clearly it's Saquon Barkley, and I would have no sure, problem with individual, that. It's individual but, numbers. But you know the media. You know the media is going to say, "Well, he did it as a running back. It didn't affect the team." But Baker Mayfield's a quarterback because you know the media loves quarterbacks. So right. I could e- I could easily see the media giving it to Baker Mayfield over Saquon. If the media had its way, yes, yes, and, and they will they will have their way. They'll they'll do it. They mm. they've done it all the time. Um, Lou, I don't. Yeah. Did you catch Did you catch the beginning of the show? Uh, no, I didn't catch the beginning. Okay, uh, so I got I got to get your I got to get your opinion on this because I opened the show with. Did you catch the AP 
uh, speaking of the media, did you catch the AP Athletes of the Year? Um, Male yeah, and female. Uh, Serena, Serena got the Female Athlete of the Year, and uh, LeBron got Male Athlete of the Year, if I'm not mistaken. It, it, you, you nailed it right on the head. That's who the media gave it to. Right. Um, I I have I have a, I have a problem with both of those picks. So do um, I. I just I wanted to know I wanted to know what what what's your opinion on this? I mean, look, I mean, Serena has hasn't even played much, you know, in the past year year and a half. So how could you have her be the female athlete of the year? She didn't win a tournament this year. And LeBron, I mean, you know, uh, what is he? Doing? Okay, so he moved. Uh, from Cleveland to L.A. and has turned you know the team around a bit, but that doesn't that uh, doesn't make you uh you know male athlete of the year. Absolutely, and I think Woods have been a better candidate for for male athlete of the year with thanks to his comeback. Who was that? Who'd you pick, Tiger, Tiger Woods? Yeah, pick Tiger. I, see, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't follow golf. I don't, I just, I can't get into it. I just can't right. do it, so it, it didn't come to mind. Um, but I, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, especially with, I, and, and I just want to see if you you agree with this point. The point I made, and I'm I'm going to push it again. They did it for off the field reasons. They gave it to LeBron James because he opened a school. That, that's why they gave it to him. They gave gesture, it to Serena but... Williams. They gave it to Serena Williams because he uh, because she championed women's rights after yelling at the judge. That's why they gave it to her. It had nothing to do with what they did on the court. What they did on on the field of play was irrelevant. Um, and I know you're a hockey guy. I said if you were going to give a female athlete of the year, how could you not give it to the women's hockey team? How could you not give it to the Olympic champions? How exactly. could you not give it to Hillary Knight? How could you not give it to Amanda Kessel? Matt, uh, to, to the, the goaltender. Because here in the United States, most Americans think of hockey as a second-class sport, and the media thinks so as well. And, and they, and they did, and that—that's the other thing that that is amazing about it. It is amazing about what the the Canadian about. What the Olympics did, if you uh, if you ask somebody what was the biggest achievement in female sports, you would have to go to the Olympics. And what was the sure. most watched event? The gold cup, the 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 gold medal game of the of the women's hockey was the most watched women's sport of last year. It it only makes sense. It only makes sense to say, all right. Let's give it to one of these one of these ladies. And Maddie Rooney was the other one I was thinking of, the the goaltender from the game. So, yeah, I I thought it should go to one of them. Uh, I know you're going to disagree with my male athlete of the year, but I pick, I I picked Mookie Probably. Betts. I I, I went uh, with Mookie Betts from the Boston Red Sox. I know, I know, uh, a Yankees fan can't can't get it behind a Red. But you gotta, yeah. you gotta give it, you gotta give it up for what the Red Sox accomplished this I know, season. I, I mean, wire, wire to wire, the best team in baseball. Just 
I dominating know. through the postseason. I mean, how you I, I, how you could go with somebody else? Uh, you bring up a good point with Tiger, but uh, even Tiger, Tiger wasn't the best golfer. He just had the best comeback story. Not really the best golfer this year. The same thing with LeBron. LeBron is a good player. Wasn't the best basketball player. He's not even the best player in his sport. No. I mean, if if you wanted to give it to a basketball player, give it to James Harden. Give it to Kevin Durant. Give it to somebody who won something this I year. I think I give it to Harden. Yeah, I like I said, you could go Harden based on, on the entire season. Um... You know, if you were just going to go by by uh, what the what, what the latest trend is, uh, it would be Durant yeah. because Durant was Durant's the best player in the in the game. Uh, he's got the M, you know he's got the Finals MVP. Um, did did beat Harden in the playoffs. So, but if, if you were going the the entire length of the year, it's clearly Harden. I mean, he's been a scoring machine lately. But again, again, you got the media bias in there where they only want to focus on the one. They only want to focus on basketball and maybe football. And football is impossible to do a an athlete of the year because it's so short. I mean, you're dealing with almost like two months and then – you know, nobody really cares about the regular season. It's all about what you do in the playoffs. So, um, right. So it's hard to win. Hard to win an athlete of the year as a football player, just because there's, there's just not enough, not enough month. There's not enough months in the year to not enough games in, in the year and not enough meaningful games in the year. And we have so many. And, and that's why I went with base. That's why I went with the baseball player because it's every day. I mean. They're probably playing the most in the, in this in this calendar year, and to have a dominant team like that, that's why I went with the baseball player. And unfortunately for you Yankee fans out there, the Red Sox did win the World Series, and you got to get you got to give them some some kind of a uh, pat on the back there. But mm. as that's as my that's to, my pick. You don't want to, but you kind of have to when when a team when a team is that dominant you kind of can't just brush them under the rug no no you can't but, but you know how is Yankee yeah. I do but that's why I went with I went with bets and I I said Amanda Kessel from the hockey team Kessel um is there there's another Kessel that plays hockey uh, any relation yeah Phil Kessel. Yeah, Phil. Yeah, it's Phil uh, Kessel's sister. Sister, yeah. Plays for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Another team we can't stand. Ugh. Yeah, another team that's beating the heck out of the Rangers right now. I know, I know. Ugh. I'm sure I'm sure Kim is I'm sure Kim is jumping for joy right now. I'm sure she is. With her. Oh, yeah, it's four to one after the second period. So, I know. Games on NBC but, um, Yeah, but I'm sure, I'm yeah. sure Kim Kim is having a ball. But uh, yeah, that I, I I just can't get over how much I, I mean how much we have to talk. It, it seems like every week we have to talk about this where we say, 
why did why did the Associated Press make this decision? Why did they make this? Why did they pick this person for the Heisman? Why did they pick this person for Coach of the Year? I know that the Associated so, Press has been around forever, but uh, are they really that trustworthy they, anymore? That's what that, really that I, I, I swear. It's been three weeks in a row. It's been three weeks in a row where I've had to say they don't know what they're doing. They're, they no. have no idea what they're doing. It's been three weeks in a row I've had to make these stories. So either the Associated Press is doing this on purpose or they have some kind of other agenda that they're not going to try to slip it. And you know that they didn't believe it because they tried to slip it in. They were like, mm-hmm. oh, we'll release this during right, – right after Christmas and right before New Year's, so nobody's paying attention to it. I caught it right away. I was like, what? I was like, what in the world? What just happened? <laughs> so you know they well, didn't believe the, uh... in it. They, if, if they believed in it, they would have they made a huge to-do about it, and it would have been a huge story. But they tried to slip it in, tried to say, oh – LeBron James, Serena Williams, they're our athletes of the year. No, mm-hmm. that doesn't fly. You can't do it that way. Yeah, or the staff is high on crack. <laughs> it is the Associated Press. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put that I'm not gonna throw that one uh I'm not I'm not gonna say that, that that's not the case. It may as may as well be. Probably the best probably the best answer for why they do what they do, but yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, because, you know, I, I mostly pay attention to them when it comes time for the rankings, of course, for uh, college and uh, pro football and basketball and whatnot. The other stuff, uh, I think you can toss out the window. Yeah, I don't, I don't even trust, I don't trust their rank, I don't trust their rankings any, any bit as far as I can, as much as I trust whatever they they're picking now. They, well, Chris, they do I'll the exact same way. thing. They do the exact same thing with the rankings. I'll tell you one thing, though. I do not trust them. I I would take them over, though, an RPI ranking any day because that that system is a joke, the RPI computer ranking. Well, the RPI is a whole bunch of numbers that I don't really care about. I could care less about. Well, you know, they they have a bunch of different metrics. Oh, we ran it through the computers this many times, and this many times they came up as the winner. So that's what we got. No, Bull. I don't care. I real I really don't care. I don't care about RPI. I don't care about. No. I care about what I see. What I see. Uh, what I see on the court on the field. That's how I go with rankings. Yeah. Really I have for, no really need. Really Yeah, I have That's no need RPI for means. the RPI. <laughs> no, no, nope. I might get rid of it. You're gonna trust a computer ranking? No, get rid of it. You want to talk about a screwy system? There's your answer right there. It. Everything there's. There's just no. Real way to go about it. Um, no. So I'm looking at, I'm looking at possible uh, 
head coaching candidates. We talked yeah. about uh, we talked about a couple. There's a couple interesting names that came up on this list here that I got. Uh, let me give you some of the names there. We got Lincoln Riley from mm-hmm. uh, Oklahoma. We got Josh McDaniels from um, New England. Vic Fangio from uh, Chicago. We got Mike McCarthy. We already talked about Jim Harbaugh. We already talked about David Shaw from Stanford, the head coach. We got Mike Munchak, the Steelers' offensive line mm-hmm. coach. Eric Bieniemy, the uh, Chiefs' offensive coordinator. And a real interesting candidate who I really don't think is – I think he's only up for one of these jobs, but – they have him on this list, and that's Pat Fitzgerald from Northwestern. That would be an interesting hire for an NFL team. Uh, what do you think about some of those names? Yeah, they're all they're all very they're all very attractive names. Of course, uh, we just got through uh, Black Monday, so uh, right, you know. Of course, uh, our biggest concern is who is going to, who the Jets are going to get, because I knew Bowles was going to be out, you know, before the when the season was over. I mean, three losing seasons, and he hasn't done anything for the Jets at all. So, um, yep, you know, we're just looking to see who who was going to get us. Yeah, I like I like I like McCarthy for the Jets job. Guys yeah. I like off this list, I'll, t- I'll tell you, guy I like off this list who hits me first is, is Vic Fan. I think Vic Fangio is due for a, uh, for a head coaching job. This is the guy, remember, this is the guy when Harbaugh left San Francisco, Vic Fangio was the guy who was supposed to be the head coach. He was supposed to be the next guy, and they passed him up for Tomasulo, and that's when Vic Fangio said, "I'm done. I'm not coming. I'm not coming over here. I'm done. I'm leaving." And he left, and he's been touring the country as uh, as defensive coordinator. Now he's in Chicago, and we see how good that defense is. So he would be an interesting candidate for a team like the Browns, a team like the Buccaneers, um, you know, looking at uh, maybe the Denver Broncos um, would be a very interesting coach. He, he's a guy I, I'm, I'm looking at. The other guy, like I said, Pat Fitzgerald, I, I've talked about him. We broke the story last week that Matt Campbell, the Iowa State head coach, will be – uh, in in the NFL, and he's on this list. Um, there were some surprising names on this list. I mean, um, Mike Leach's <laughs> how Mike Leach's name got on this list. Uh, I would love to see Mike Leach in the NFL, but he would be a disaster for a. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I would watch. I would watch it go up in flames, but. I mean, he is the best Games? press conference. He's the best press conference in sports. 
He is the best. He's the best because he doesn't hold back. He just says whatever he wants, and that's not gonna fly in the NFL. That's not. That's just not gonna work. Because you know he's gonna. He would fly no. off the handle at some point and just say something ridiculous, get taken out of context, and be done. But he is. I would say this, Mike Leach. If Mike Leach were in the NFL, I would instantly be a fan of that team because Mike Leach is one of my favorite guys in all of sports. It was interesting. I'm to reading see his the list now. List. Rookie of the year. Yeah, rookie of the year. Give yep. me the list. Uh, Barkley's Barkley's there. Mayfield is up there, of course. Jackson for the Ravens and. Um, Lindsay for the Broncos. The Broncos didn't even do anything this year. Yeah, but Lindsay's a Pro Bowler. Yeah, true. Lindsay made the Pro Bowl. Um, yeah, yeah, and and clearly they went with guys who have statistical data that you can see that you can say, all right, this guy got a thousand yards. This guy got this. This guy did that. I have so much argument with that, and I have so much argument with people, with media people. I was watching somebody today, and they said, they, I was watching one of the, one of the radio shows that gets simulcasted, and one of the people said, asked the host, they said, who do you like for rookie of the year? And the guy thought about it, and he said, can I pick an offensive lineman? And immediately the person asking the question said, no, you can't. Why not? An offensive lineman is a player in football. They play football. It's, people argue people argue that the offensive line is one of the most important positions in football. Yet, you can't look at an offensive lineman and how his impact brought a team from uh, the sixth pick in the draft last year. Not even the sixth. They had the third pick in the draft, and they traded out of it. They had the third worst record last year. Now they have the best – now they they make the playoffs, and they have the best offensive line in the sport because they drafted one guy and because Quentin Nelson brought that, brought that nastiness to the table. But it, it can't be quantified, so the media is going to say, no, he doesn't play. It's, it's an absolute – it's just an absolute travesty. Like, offensive linemen are part of the game. Like, just treat them as part of the game. You don't have to say, well, this guy gave up this many sacks or this guy got pancakes and blah. You don't need stats. You just need to to watch the games. You just need to watch the games and say, all right, who had more of an impact on their team? Saquon Barkley, who helped his team – get two more wins or Quentin Nelson who brought his team from a four win team to a playoff team it, it if you just look at it from that point it's a no brainer mm-hmm. it's a no brainer well i still think barkley's going i think maybe uh barkley's going to get it if we're up to me, yes. I ho- but if we know the media, we know it's going to go to Mayfield. We, we know, yeah. If we know the media, and 
Well, I'm sure the AP is involved in this somewhere, so Good. I'm sure they'll they'll have their I'm sure they'll have their say and they'll get their quarterback in there. But if it's Barkley, I mean, it, it would be a great I told you so for this for this show because I said it when they drafted him. I said that'll be the rookie of the year next year, and and so it'll be another feather in our cap. Yeah. But um, all right, Lou, we gotta make some uh, we gotta make some picks here. So why don't why don't we uh, we'll do let's we'll do, do that with you with you on the phone here. What do you got for this week? Let's do let's start Saturday. We got Saturday, Sunday, and Monday of uh, games to pick. So what do you think's gonna happen? Let's do. Hold on, I gotta get up to the top here. Let's start with the Saturday early game: Indianapolis at Houston. What do you think? I'm going to go with the upset. I'm going to go with Indy. You're going to go with Indianapolis. Not a bad choice because Houston has struggled in the playoffs. doesn't matter who their coach is. Right. You know, Houston is built on – they're built on rushing the passer, and we just talked about Indy's offensive line is, you know – they give up the least amount. They gave up the least amount of sacks. Uh, Frank Reich does a great job of calling the game to get the ball out of Andrew Luck's hands. Um, but I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson. I think there's too many playmakers on the Texans for them to get shut down. I'm going to go with Houston. Houston in a close one, maybe a late field goal or surviving a late comeback from, from Indianapolis. But I'll go, I'll go with Houston. I'll go with Houston in that one. And then the nightcap on Saturday, Seattle at Dallas. What do you got, Lou? Uh, I'm going with the Cowboys for sure. You're going with the Cowboys. All right. Yeah. Um, I'm so torn because I'm, I'm a Cowboys fan. I'd love to pick against them just so that they can prove me wrong. But I also like to root for my Cowboys. Uh, I'm so – I'm torn with this Seattle team. I think the winner of this game can go to the NFC Championship game, maybe even the Super Bowl. Um, if I were to pick a wild card team from the NFC, it would be one of these two teams. Um, but – I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna go with it because it's at because it's at home. I'm gonna take the Cowboys. I think it's gonna be Cowboys close, closer than people think. Oh um, yeah. But I think the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys win. I think right now. I think the spread is something like two and a half. Mm. But I think I think the Cowboys keep it. I think I think it's within a field goal uh, type game. I think it's gonna be close. I'm hoping for a good game from Dak. I'm hoping Dak Prescott can whatever has been bothering him can uh, he can shake it off and not try to do too much and just hand the ball to Zeke Elliott and get us out of there with a win. But we'll take mm-hmm. I'll take I'll take the Cowboys as well. Sunday in the early game Early game is the Los Angeles Chargers. I did call them by the right name. Yes. But it is, yeah, it's the San Diego Chargers. Let me let me correct myself. 
San Diego Chargers against the Baltimore Ravens. What do you got? Huh, it's a tough one. But um, I am going to go with the Chargers. Going with the Chargers on the road. Yeah. Chargers are a little pay, a little, pay, a little payback from a uh, few a couple weeks ago when Baltimore went into uh, the soccer stadium over there in Los Angeles and ended up beating the Chargers in a Thursday night matchup. I I love I love Baltimore's defense too much to um pick against them here. I I don't trust Philip Rivers. I don't trust Philip Rivers in a big game. Um he'll put up a lot of numbers, but he scares me with turnovers in big games. I think what do the Ravens do best? Force turnovers. Um, do I believe enough in Lamar in Lamar Jackson? No, but I believe in Lamar Jackson the same way I believed believed in Tim Tebow when he was with the Broncos. In he knows what to do. He knows how he wants to win the game. He wants to win the game running the football and making that one big pass that can open things up, get the lead, and know that his defense can hold it. So I'm I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the Ravens there, uh, the Ravens at home with the defense and basically because I don't trust Philip Rivers. Let's go to uh, the nightcap in Chicago, Philadelphia at Chicago. What do you got for me, Lou? Like I said, the Eagles are not the same team as they were last year. I don't I don't see a miracle happening with uh, Foles again. I'm gonna go with my brother's team, the Bears. The Bears. All right, I told my buddy Steve I would do this so he could thank me later. But I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Chicago for the reason I gave earlier of every time we pick against the Eagles, the Eagles win. So I'm but that it, it's hard because the funny thing about it is every time I pick against one of these teams I've been picking against the Bears all year. What have they been doing? Winning. When I yes. was picking against the Eagles last year, what did they do? They won the Super Bowl. So either way I go with this, if I pick whoever I pick against in this game is clearly going to win. So I'm going to but I'm going to go I'm going to go with my gut feeling is that Chicago will be able to do just enough offensively to uh squeak this one out and I th- I think I think Chicago is going to beat Philadelphia. But I wouldn't be shocked. I would not be shocked if Philadelphia puts up uh, puts up a good fight and has has a very good chance of winning this game late. Yeah, All right, Lou. Let's get let's get let's get to the big the big finale of of the the weekend Monday night in Santa Clara, the national championship game. Alabama versus Clemson. What do you got? Well, I think it's going to be a very tight game, a very tight defensive game. Mm. I'm going to go in the upset here. I'm going to go. I'm going to go in Clemson. Ah, you went with Clemson, Lou. 
I'm gonna go I thought I was gonna I thought I was gonna get you here, but I picked it at the beginning of the year. I picked Alabama versus Clemson, Clemson to win. No reason to get off that train right now. Um I I I I don't know if Dexter Lawrence is going to be reinstated for the championship game. I know they have filed an appeal for that. I don't know if the, the NCAA will hear that, make a, make a decision. Hopefully they they will do that by Saturday so that he he's eligible. So if if he is deemed eligible, he can play. Um but even without Dexter Lawrence that defensive front is so good. I believe in Christian Wilkins so much at that defensive tackle position. I think he can cause problems for Alabama. And where, when we're talking about causing a problem for Alabama, where does Tua struggle the most when there's pressure in his face? Well, if a defensive tackle like Christian Wilkins can get pressure up the middle, I think that can cause a lot of problems for this Alabama offense. And Trevor Lawrence is the kind of is is the player he can t- he can take advantage of that that Alabama secondary. Um I think Clem- I think Clemson has has enough enough firepower to be able to match him. And plus the guy I would look for, I mentioned it Last week, I said he would be a difference maker. He'll be a difference maker against Alabama. Again, Hunter Renfro, senior wide receiver for Clemson. Always, always, always makes a big play, especially in a national championship game. He caught the winning pass from Deshaun Watson. So I'm 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 going with Lou. I'm going with Clemson. I picked him at the beginning of the year. I'm staying aboard. Um... So those are our picks. Lou, anything else you want to talk about in in the sporting world? I think we got it covered. I think we did, too. I want to thank you for calling in, Lou. Such a great time. Uh, Lots to talk about. And we'll we'll be talking about the playoffs and the championship next next week, all right? The playoffs? You mean playoffs? Yeah, playoffs. I had had, had a little Jim Mora for us. Yes. Yes. And remember. All right, Lou. They, we'll we'll talk lose, to you next well, week. Well, they thought they were. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, Denny Green, Lou, Lou. All right, we got. We got I got to get out of here. I got a half. I got a half hour. I got. I got. I got left right, of the I show. We love the picks. Right, we'll Chris. see how good we did, and uh, we'll. Uh, if we get them, if we get them wrong, I'll, if you get them wrong, Lou, I'm going to make sure that I rub it in. All right. Oh, I know you will. <laughs> All right, have a good one. Well, I, deserve, I deserve it. I deserve it. <laughs> so do I if I get them wrong. All right, we'll right. talk to you next week. All right, that that's Lou from Jersey. We love talking with Lou. Uh, we got a lot a lot in there that that we wanted to get in in and discuss. Um, so uh, we got we got a little bit left of the show. I want to get into a, a couple of things um, that I wanted to hit on, and that is a buddy of mine. We were talking about, we were just talking about this with the college football. 
you know, a buddy of mine asked me the question, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna out his name. It, it was asked to me what I thought about UCF. You know, I love I love I love when people try to troll, try to make trolling comments. Oh, UCF finally lost. You know, one uh, one loss in in the last twenty seven. 27 games, one loss, not bad. I'm not. I, I there, there's no reason for UCF to be upset about that. Here's the thing: I've seen people talk about this. Well, LSU dominated the game. Did you watch? And then I, I, I have to ask him: Did you watch the game? Did you watch what actually happened? Because it was not. Everybody said about UCF. If UCF plays a real SEC team, they'll get crushed. Oh, really? They'll get crushed? They were leading after the first quarter. They were down three after the second quarter. They were down. Uh, I think they were. I think they were down ten after after the third quarter, and they finished the game down by down by eight points. They were never that far out of out of the game where it was unreachable. They were never down 28 points, okay? They were never down 28 nothing like some teams were. They were never they were never trailing to a point where hey, if they make a big play here, they're back in the game. They were right there. They were right there the entire game with what could be argued as the third, maybe even the second best team in the SEC. That's how. That's how. That, that that's how people framed it. People framed it as, oh, UCF. UCF got dominated in time of possession. UCF got dominated in time of possession. They always get dominated. Anybody, you know, these are people who have never watched UCF before. They didn't watch them during the year. Maybe they saw one game and they were like, oh, that's no. I watch. I've been watching UCF. They were going to get dominated in time of possession anyway. Their longest scoring drive against LSU was a minute fifty. That's their. That was their longest drive that produced points. A minute fifty seconds. Their offense is built on quick strikes, going fast, and and. And hitting big plays in the passing game, they didn't hit the they didn't hit the big plays. Here's the other thing: oh, they got dominated. They, LS, LSU had the ball and just ran it down their throats. Oh really? Oh really? In the second half, LSU scored on their first drive, scored a touchdown. From that point on, that was they scored with 12 minutes left on the clock. That's three minutes into Three minutes into the first half, LSU scored a touchdown. For the last, I have to do the math here, 12 plus 15. For the last 27 minutes of that game, LSU came away with nine points. And they drove down and got field goals of 20, 26, and 28. So they were driving all the way down the field. That's going to rack up yards. That's what UCF has done all year. 
bend but don't break. And bend but give up field goals. You give up field goals, we'll, we'll score touchdowns. This time, it bit them, it bit them in the rear end because their freshman quarterback couldn't couldn't handle the pressure, couldn't get the ball to where they wanted to, where he wanted it to go. Um, he missed on a couple big plays that resulted one play in the end zone. One one play in the end zone, he threw the ball wrong shoulder to a guy. He throws it to the opposite shoulder. The guy's wide open. Instead, they settle for a field goal. He misses a long bomb that if the kid catches it, he runs for a touchdown, changes the entire complexion of the game. So for people that want to say, well, UCF, this shows UCF is not on the level. This proved that UCF is involved and worthy of being in a discussion. Okay? They did not get blown out. They did not – they never trailed in this game by more than 16 points. And the only time they trailed by 16 was when LSU was right – was – Right in halfway through the fourth quarter. So I don't want to hear about um I don't want to hear about um how this is a black stain on, on how this is a stain on, on UCF. This takes away from what UCF did. What UCF has done is amazing. And you know what? Mackenzie Milton is going to redshirt next year while he rehabs. Come back in a year, they'll have Mackenzie Milton back and better than ever. Um, so the, there's only they can only go up from here, from from uh, where UCF is, and, and people have asked me, "Oh, how do you feel about it?" I'm okay with it. LSU beat UCF. LSU was the better team on Saturday. They were by far the more dominant, bigger team up front, bigger team on the defensive line, bigger team on the offensive line, and they rattled they rattled UCF. No question about it. LSU played the better game. But if you were to if you were to tell me, see this proves that they're this proves that they're not ready for big time. It's the exact opposite to me. Okay. Now let's go to um, the other spectrum of this. Uh, I had a conversation with 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 somebody. I had a conversation with a buddy of mine over the uh, after the games of college football. Um, one of them was that. Let me see this there. Nope, don't care. All right, one of them was that I had a conversation. Well, my buddy said, oh, because Notre Dame, you know, don't look at this as, all right, one of my friends said, Notre Dame did not deserve to be in the college football playoff. And I, not only have I heard that from this individual, I've heard it other places. Oh, Notre Dame... Notre Dame did not deserve it. If Notre Dame did not deserve to be there, I want to know who did. Uh, and 
my my only argument to that is show me a team that that beat eight bowl teams. Show me a team another team not only that beat eight eight bowl teams. How about a team that played eight bowl eligible teams on their schedule? Show me that team. Cuz they don't exist. There is no other team that played more that played against more bowl teams than um than Notre Dame did. And that's just a fact. And and that's that's something that that people have to um that people have to get over. I mean, people want to say, "Oh, Notre Dame didn't, you know, Notre Dame didn't play a tough schedule." Where does that where does that argument come from? And holy cow. Kim, I don't even think Matt Murray can uh blow this one. 7 to 2 Pittsburgh. Uh that's just no good. That's just no good, boy. Um What's going on in this one? Let's find out. Let's see here. Are they they're updating the other one? Oh. Anyway, back to the Notre Dame argument. Um, you know, Notre Dame has done uh there's no team that did did it better than, than Urban uh than Notre Dame, they played the toughest schedule all year. So I don't want to sit here and um, you know talk about how how Notre Dame doesn't deserve didn't deserve to be there. If there's another team that deserved to be there over Notre Dame, I would tell you about it. But there isn't. It just doesn't exist. Oklahoma is the team that you can argue did they deserve to be there or not. And we've had that argument. I've told you. I thought it should be Georgia. I thought the most deserving was UCF. If you wanted to go deserving, if you wanted to go best, I would have taken Georgia. But instead, they went with clearly with with matchup. And everybody said, "Oh, if UCF gets in, if UCF gets in, Alabama will blow them out." Well, how'd that work out for you? They played Oklahoma and it was twenty-eight to nothing. It, it couldn't get any worse than that. Now they did make it uh, interesting. I mean, it, it never was an interesting game after it was twenty-eight to nothing. But um, you know, that's where we go from there. Um, I want to talk about one other thing. So. We we didn't really get to this, but I wanna I'm in the wrong I'm on the wrong page here. Let me get up to this. So here's a shocker for you and so West Virginia got trounced by uh by Syracuse in the uh in the 
I, I got to try to remember now. The pinstripe bowl was Miami and Wisconsin, which was an absolute disaster. In, in the Camping World Bowl, in the in the Camping World Bowl, West Virginia got trounced by Syracuse. Okay, thirty-four to eighteen, and it really wasn't even that close. So the um. So, then we come to find out yesterday that West Virginia head coach Dana Holgerson is leaving West Virginia to go to Houston. How ridiculous does this make the NCAA look? Where a, a, a coach... A head coach of a program can just up and leave. He can go coach Houston. Yet, if one of those players, if one of those players on the field, one one of those one of those players, if one of those players on the field, if they decided, you know what, West Virginia isn't for me. Um, I don't want to play here. I want to play somewhere else. I want to play somewhere close to home. I want to. I want to change schools. If one of those players wanted to leave, they wouldn't be able to. You'd have to sit out a year. You'd have to file for. Um, you'd have to file for transfer. You'd have to be granted a release from your scholarship. You would have to file. You would have to. Uh, if you wanted to go, let's say you were. Let's say you were at West Virginia. Okay. But you were from Texas, and you said, "You know what? I live close. I live close. I live close to Austin. I want to go. I want to go be a part of the Longhorns. You know, I don't really like it here in Morgantown, West Virginia. I, I came here because I didn't get scholarship offers from anybody, but I really just want to go back to schooling close to my home. If you said that." West Virginia, because it's in the Big 12, West Virginia could say, no, you can't go there. You can't go to another Big 12 school. They can tell you where you can't go. However, Dana Holgerson can say, you know what? You're not paying me enough. I'm going to Houston. It's such it's such a uh, su- such a discrepancy. Such, I, I I don't even know what the word is to describe it. it. It's just, it's so ridiculous that these coaches can just up and up and move. Think about this: Temple introduced Manny Diaz as their head coach. Oh, Mark Richt retires. Manny Diaz, sorry, Temple, I'm. I, I'm going back to Miami so I can be a head coach. It 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 just there's no sense of you know there's no sense of loyalty there's no sense of of, of people's words you know and, and I don't blame Manny Manny Diaz is a guy he's a Miami guy his dad was the mayor of Miami um, he's 
a uh, you know he's just a Miami guy. I, I he he brought over the turnover chain. I, I don't have a problem with Manny Diaz going back to Miami. I just have a problem of him, you know, taking the Temple job and saying, you know what, I'm going to go to Temple. Temple gets out of all, you know. I feel bad for Temple because they now they're left holding the bag of what of what they got. Now they got to go back and do do the coaching again after the coaches have already been plucked. So, so it'll be interesting to see which direction Temple goes in um, for that. All right. So we talked a little bit about it. Let's talk about let's talk about some of the jobs that are opening up. I want to go through and dun, 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 there we go. Oh, of of course it is. Sorry about that. I had to get um, my list up. I had to get my list up there of teams that are looking for coaches. So here we go. In the NFL, we've got the Browns, the Packers, the Cardinals, the Jets, the Buccaneers, the Dolphins, the Bengals, and the Broncos. Now, of the available candidates for these jobs, I'm just going to go through um, – who I think would fit where um, and what I think the best move would be. Um, so here we go. Let's start, let's start with this debate. Um, what is the best NFL job opening right now? Um, you've got, you've got uh, of the teams involved, I would say, Right now, the best the best options are the Browns, the Packers, the Broncos, and the Jets. Why do I say that? The Browns Browns have have draft picks all over. They have the quarterback in place in Baker Mayfield. They have def, they have the defense. Uh, they have a lot. They have both levels of the defense. They've got number one picks on the defensive line. They've got a number one uh, first-round pick at corner. I'm not going to sit here and say that that's – I think that's a very open job. I think that's a very good job. I'm all for that job. I think that job – I think that is is the – that would be number one on my list of, um, of, of jobs to take if you wanted to be a head coach. I think Cleveland is set up to win um, win multiple games. You just need to get a couple more pieces. I think you can get those in the draft. Um, you know, get a, get some linebackers, some safeties, uh, some offensive line help, and I think you'll be okay uh, in Cleveland. So I think that Cleveland is the number one job. 
Number two is interesting, and it might it might be the Denver Broncos. Denver's really a quarterback away from being from doing a, a lot of really good things. Now you could say, well, they're in the division with the Chiefs and the Chargers, and those are the two best you know two best records in the in the AFC. Well, yes. Yes, it's a lot to deal with, but the roster on that team, Von Miller, Bradley Chubb played really well. You you fi- you can fix up that defense pretty good this year. You can fix up the offensive line. Maybe you can go out and get a quarterback and you know there might be somebody though. Maybe maybe you can go out and get a Joe Flacco. You know Joe Flacco's not not a bad bad choice. Maybe uh, Andy Dalton. Maybe um, maybe Andy Dalton. Maybe uh, you know maybe if you get the right young quarterback and they and you can blossom them in, into some. So I think them. I think based on the roster, Denver is a very good. Uh, they're probably my second pick. Third pick has to be the Packers. I mean, you get a chance to coach Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is an all-time great. How many times do you get to che- How many times do you get to take over a team that has an all-time great quarterback? Not many. The problem with Green Bay is everybody says, "Oh, you got Aaron Rodgers and you got 50 million in cap space or whatever they have in cap space." They don't sign free agents. It doesn't make a difference how much they have in cap space. They don't use it. So it doesn't make a difference what they have in cap space because they're not going to do it. So who cares? So, but the Packers do have Aaron Rodgers. They've Clay Matthews. They they have star power there. Green Bay is a great place to to be. A great place, uh, an iconic place in the NFL. So I mean to walk onto Lambeau Field. Um, you just you gotta that that alone just makes it a very good place. Um, Next on the list is the Green Bay. uh, After the Green Bay Packers, the New York Jets. The Jets have Sam Darnold. Obviously, Lou Lou uh, from Jersey called in. Doesn't like the direction Sam Darnold is headed. I I don't mind it. I don't. I think when you get an offensive, I think when you get an offensive, uh, when you get an offensive coach in there, a guy who can work with Sam Darnold, I think they will be a lot better. Um, I think I think that that will make Sam Darnold look a little bit better. So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Jets. You you have Sam Darnold. For the next ten years, you know you have certainly the next three years you have him under a rookie contract, so you have a lot of salary cap space, a lot of ability to change up that roster. Um, so that makes the Jets a very attractive job. Um, I would say since I would say Cincinnati, based on the roster, Cincinnati would probably be next on the list. 
However, Cincinnati is just such a chaotic place. Like, I mean, it just seems like they have no idea what they're doing a lot of the time. So, I would say, I would probably put Cincinnati next, followed by, um, Followed by Miami. Miami is probably going to move on from Ryan Tannehill. So you've got an opening at quarterback. Maybe you bring in, you know, you know my feelings on a quarterback this year. If I were in charge of an NFL team and I needed a quarterback next year, I'm not looking to the draft. I am looking for a veteran guy that I can bring in for one to two two-year contract and that I can make into um, so the Dolphins are probably going to be in that mode where they are going to need a quarterback why not bring in a veteran you saw what the Dolphins were the Dolphins were right there um, knocking on the doorstep of the playoffs so um, they could be part of that franchise so I would say the Dolphins are next Followed by the Buccaneers, we know we know all the problems with the Buccaneers. Um, the one big problem is that uh, you're gonna have to deal with uh, James Winston. You're gonna have the, the office, the front office says they want James Winston to be the starting quarterback. So if you take that job, you're gonna have to deal with that for at least a year. So there you go from there. Um. So, and then Arizona, the cupboard is just bare in Arizona. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald, who knows when he's going to call it quits? I think after. I think I don't think he'll come back. I think he'll. Uh, I think he'll retire at some point when he realizes this team really has no shot to do anything. Um. So. Uh, other than Larry Fitzgerald, this team has no playmakers on either side of the ball. Um, they're really the cupboard is bare in Arizona, uh, and they just have a losing mentality. Um, just from their whole it's, take out the Kurt Warner year, and you pretty much have a very um, dicey past for the Arizona Cardinals. So. Um, I'm going to say that from them. Now, let's go to... So, those are the rankings on the jobs. Um, well, we're running out of time here, so we'll get we'll get more into it later on. I'm sure some of those jobs will be filled probably by our next show. But um, I said for the Jets, I like Mike McCarthy for the Jets. For... For the Packers, I like. Uh, I would like. I would like a guy like a Vic Fangio to go in there. Would he make the jump from Chicago to Green Bay? That's kind of a question. I don't know if I don't know if they can answer that. The Bengals, I think, are really going to go for Hugh Jackson. They seem to like him, so we'll stay with that. The Browns, I could see the Browns getting a, a Vic Fangio in there. Maybe an Eric Bieniemy. You know, to work with um, 
to work with Baker Mayfield. Um, Lincoln Riley has been rumored, and he's been a lot on a lot of talks. People have said Lincoln Riley, well, but you know Lincoln Riley just signed in a contract extension with Oklahoma today. Um, although that we just talked about it, that really doesn't mean anything. College football contracts mean nothing. Uh, an NFL team would come in; it would just increase the buyout um, for Lincoln Riley, and. Um, but I think the Browns would be an interesting place for a guy to try to break into the league. And, and that's why, but I think the Browns, if you want to get in, a guy with, with some experience, some offensive, uh, and you look at what Matt Nagy has done and you look at, um, what, what the, the former coordinators of Andy Reed have done. In the NFL, I, I think I think you could I think you can look to um, Eric Bieniemy as a uh, as a possible candidate for your head coaching job. All right, so we're running out of show here, so let's um, let, let's do some of the big finish. We talked about it earlier. Who do I like in the football? Hold up. Hey. So, who do I like? We'll just go through it. We'll just go through it real quick. Um, all right. So, I like I like Houston. I like I, I like Houston. I like Dallas, Baltimore, and I like Chicago. I just realized I'm going with all home teams. That kind of seems like a spot, but I'm going with that. And in the national championship game, I'm taking Clemson to win it. Uh, of course, next week we'll fill you all in on it. We'll have more interesting debates uh, in the world of sports. So, um, so we, I want to, I want to thank everybody for listening, and enjoy the the first week. Enjoy Wild Card Weekend. Enjoy the national championship game. We'll be talking about it next week. All right. Have a good one, everybody. Hey.